Welcome to the Gut Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word for you. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutchurch.com. Like Pastor Taylor said, I'm Curtis Hunsinger. My wife, Cherish Hunsinger, and myself, we have the honor and the privilege of uh, serving as elders here at the church. If you're wondering what that term means, just means we get to help you. I mean, that's, that's what it is. We just want to help you guys be better. We want to help you guys understand the promise of God in your life. And that's what I want to talk about today. Um, but yeah, like Pastor Taylor was saying, I, I did start coming to Guts back in like 97 or 98, somewhere around that time frame. Um, I was 17 years old. I'm 42 now. If you want to know my real age, I mean, we'll share it, right? 42, feel like 25. In the words of George Strait, just a young troubadour. And uh, you know what I'm talking about, Andy? Come on. Let's pray. God, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is alive and sharp. I thank you, Father, for today. I thank you, Father, for this New Year's Eve service, that people will leave better than the way they came. And God, I thank you that your word pierces our hearts. God, I thank you that the Holy Spirit comforts us and leads us and guides us in all truth, shows us things to come. And God, I thank you that your word, is, as it's preached today, God, that it goes forth and, and that these your children, these your people hear your word and they, they take notice of your word, God, and they take it to heart and then they take action on it and they respond with, with faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's New Year's Eve, which is handy because it makes it a pretty easy theme to talk about on a church, on a sermon, right? But it's that time of year, right? It's, we're New Year's Eve, we're going into 24, and we're kind of, a lot of you are probably reflecting about what you, how 23 went. Maybe you're looking forward to get ready to start your New Year's resolutions. If you're that type of guy or girl that does the New Year's resolution thing, you're going to say, yep, I'm going to go to the gym. If you're like me, I'm going to go to the gym for about a week, and then I'm going to stop doing that. But that was my resolution, right? That was a joke. Um, but as we get into 2024, you know, we're looking ahead and we're thinking, okay, well, what does 24 need to look like? Well, what 2024 needs to look like is it needs to be the greatest year of your life based on God's promise for your life. Man, God's given you promises that are, are yes and amen. He's given you just great, exceeding, precious promises. But we got to know what those are. We got to know that the plan of God for your life is far better and far greater than any situation or any circumstance that you have now or that you may have encountered in 23 that you do not want to take into 2024. Because I get it, man. We all go through things. We all have situations. We all have circumstances. We all have challenges that come upon our lives. And some of them are, are horrific and horrible and, and really bad. And some of them are just little speed bumps along the way, right? But it doesn't matter to God whether how bad or how great that situation or that circumstance is or how, how small or insignificant, insignificant it is because God's promise always prevails in our life. As long as we enter into his presence, as long as we respond in kind with his word, his promise and his presence is going to prevail in your life. And I want to start in, uh, with this morning in John chapter 5. And this is in John chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. And this is the man at the pool of Bethesda. And there's a lot of different points we could bring out of this set of scriptures, but I'm going to focus on one specific point here. But in, in verse uh, 1, it starts off, it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches, and these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. And now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? 
And the man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another one steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. Again, there's a lot of points we could bring out of this, but the point I want to focus on today for this, this message this morning is the man's response to Jesus. Because the word, you got to understand, the word requires a response from me. The word requires a response from you. You have to respond to the word. You can either ignore it, you can not believe it, you can not act on it, or you can say, no, I'm going to respond to the word by my faith, by believing and therefore speaking. That's my response to the word. I'm going to believe it and I'm going to speak it. Okay? That's my response. And this man's, the, the point of this man is Jesus comes by him and, he, and you would think, I would think, that if I was in that condition, you have to kind of put yourself in the, in the picture back then of this guy, we don't have a ton of context. I don't know how old he is. I don't know if he's 38 years old or if he's 70 years old. I don't know how long he had been there other than we know he'd been there at least 38 years. He'd had this condition and he's been there. Man, you got to imagine the, the despair and the hopelessness and the, the fear and the doubt and just the, the overwhelming fear of hopelessness that this man is never going to be made well because he's paralyzed. He cannot get into the water before somebody else. So and there's no way in his mind, there's no future. There's no way he can be made well. And so when Jesus says, do you want to be made well? I would think that the answer would say, absolutely. What do I got to do? Absolutely, man. Yes, I want to be made well. But the man's response is actually in John 5, 7, the man answered and said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another man steps down before me. The man had a legitimate excuse. He had legitimate reasons. He had a legitimate circumstance to, to not respond with the answer, yes. But what he did is he responded with the unbelief. He responded with the impossible situation that he's faced with. And I know a lot of times in our lives we can do that. And we can be faced with circumstances and challenges, and, the, and the, the, the impossibleness of that situation or that challenge is so real, and we, and we see it and we feel it, and it's so real to our lives that it becomes more real than the promise of God that says He makes a way where there seems to be no way. And so you could be here and think, okay, well, what does your 24 look like? If I was to ask you, do you what do you want 2024 to look like for you? Do you want it to be the greatest year of your life? Yeah, but I don't have that job I want. Okay, do you want 24 to be the greatest year of your life? Yeah, but, but me and my wife, man, we're, we're barely making it. Okay, yeah, do you want 2024 to be the greatest year of your life? Yeah, but I'm unemployed. Yeah, but I'm up to my, my eyeballs in debt, right? You can say, yeah, but all of these things, and they're all real, and they're all real to you, and they're all real to me, and they're all situations and circumstances that start to cloud that presence of God and that, that promise of God in our life. But we've got to get into the word and get into the presence and get into the promise so much so that those, that, that overrules and overrides those situations and circumstances in your life. Because they're going to feel real. I'm not trying to be unsympathetic or, or, or not empathize with your situation. There's things that happen to us in that, man, they're terrible. But the, the word doesn't change. Our response has to, believe, has to say, no, I'm going to believe and speak. I'm going to believe God's word. I'm going to speak God's word. Because that's where the power is, is in the spoken word of God. And so this man doesn't say, yeah, I want to be made well. He starts to tell Jesus how impossible his situation is. And I want you guys to be encouraged to know that when you go in here uh, after today, we go into tomorrow, it's January 1st. Man, don't start speaking how impossible things are for your life. Start speaking God's word over those situations. 
If, you're, if you have a vocation issue, man, start speaking God's word to that. If you have a relationship issue, start speaking God's word to that. And you might say, but I've been doing that. I've been speaking God's word. I've been coming to church. I've been doing what the stuff you're telling me to do. Great, keep doing it. Because the Bible says, having done all to stand, you continue to stand. Man, the Bible says that we inherit through promises through faith and patience. Patience doesn't mean you just sit back and wait. It's an aggressive stance of me continually taking a stand and speaking God's word. You got to be, um, you got to understand that those circumstances and situations are not bigger than God's promise and provision for your life. That facts and circumstances in your life never separate you from the love of God. And I know that they feel like, they, they might feel that way. You might feel like God's not seeing you, God's not hearing you, God's not answering your prayers, God's not doing this, God's not doing that. Man, I'll tell you right now, God is present in your life. God is ready and willing to be present in your life, but you've got to respond to that word. You've got to respond to that presence. And you've got to understand that whatever that situation is, or whatever that circumstance is, that it does not separate you from the love of God, no matter how big it is. In Romans chapter 8, uh, verses 35 through 39, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors, more than conquerors through him who loved us. Not in my own ability, not in my own talents, not in my own power, but through him. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers Listen to this part, nor things present, nor things to come. It doesn't matter. What he's saying here is none of these things, life or death, principalities or powers, nor things present, or nor things to come, present circumstances, present situations, nor situations or things that are going to come up in 24, because things are going to happen. 2024, greatest year of our life, doesn't mean that things aren't going to come up in your life. It means when things come up, you know how to handle them now. It means when things come up, you don't start speaking about how bad they are and how impossible they are. You start speaking God's word. He said not things present nor things to come. Nothing is going to separate you from the love of God. And in the love, God is love, right? And in his love, is man, that's where that power is. That's where that presence is. And we got to understand that no matter what the enemy's doing to us, no matter what situations and circumstances are, are flying at your life, no matter how bad they are, don't let the enemy lie to you and, think, and talk you out of the presence of God and promises of God. Don't receive the lie. There's a, there's a scripture in Romans chapter 8. Um, it's not in these notes, but it says that they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Man, how many times do I do that? How many times do we do that? Where we see the promise of God, we see the truth of God, but we exchange it for a lie of the world of how impossible something may be or how not likely something is to happen. And don't exchange the word of God for a lie. Don't allow the enemy, who his whole job is to come kill, steal, and destroy. That's all he can do is bring in fear and doubt and unbelief and, and lies. Don't allow him to rob you from the presence of God and to rob you from the, from the promise of God by exchanging his truth for those lies. There's nothing impossible. Yeah, but you don't know, man, I was just diagnosed with this or I was just laid off or I was this, I was that. I get it. We all have things. That doesn't mean they're impossible. The man was sitting there for 38 years, and it was impossible. There was no one to take him into the water. But what happened is Jesus came onto the scene, and he changed everything. He came in, and he changed the entire situation. But Paul says in Romans chapter 8 there, For I am persuaded neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities or powers, things present, things to come, height or depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, Paul was persuaded of that. 
You can tell what you're persuaded in really quickly by the words that are coming out of your mouth. If your first response is how bad or how impossible something is, man, that's probably what you're persuaded of. But if my response is God's word and his promise, that man, that tells me I'm persuaded of his promise. I'm persuaded of his word. I'm persuaded of it. I believe it. How do I believe it? How am I persuaded of it? Because i got to get into it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the spoken, anointed word of God. You guys are in church this morning, and you're hearing the preaching of God's word, and it's hopefully building up faith in you and encouragement in you so that when you leave, man, you're getting knowledge and understanding, and your faith is being built so that you can go into 2024 with a refreshed vision, a refreshed heart, and, and, and a renewed mind to God's word and his power and his spirit. Man, he loves us so much that he gave Jesus to die on the cross for us and to be reconciled to him so that we don't have to have those situations in our life that seem impossible rule our lives. You're going to have situations. You're going to have circumstances, but they don't separate you from his love. In 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by His glory and virtue, by which we have been given, given us, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Man, we have been given everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. God has done everything He's going to do. Jesus hung on the cross. He said, it's finished. He's not going to crucify Jesus again. There's not another Savior that's coming. God, give you, God has given you everything that you need that pertains to your life and godliness. How did he do that? What did he give us? Man, he gave me Jesus. He gave me his spirit. He gave me his power. He gave me his love. He gave me his mercy. He gave me his grace. He gave me his supernatural ability. So that means everything that comes across my path, I, I filter it through God's word. And I say, no, wait a second. All those situations, man... God's power, God's spirit, God's favor, they trump every situation in my life, no matter how big, no matter how small. Every single time, your reaction has to be God's word every single time. You've been given everything that you need. You see, it's not, we, we easily can say, but I need more money, I need a bigger house, I need this school, I need this, I need that, and you may have some physical needs there. But what you need is to understand who you are in Christ. What you need is to understand that Jesus, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, is alive on the inside of you. So therefore, everywhere you go, everywhere, everywhere your foot touches, Jesus is going there. Everyone you talk to, Jesus is talking to them. Everywhere, every person you lay hands on, they recover. Every single thing you do, Jesus is there because of who you are in him. Not because of your own abilities, not because of your own talents, not because of your own anything. It's because I've been given something that pertains to life and godliness, and what I was given was the spirit of the living God on the inside of me, who Jesus said, I don't consider it robbery to, be, to consider myself equal with God. Jesus said, man, I am God on this earth. You are Jesus to people. You are God to people. Man, you are the carrier of the power of the Holy Spirit. You are the carrier that's carrying the Holy Spirit into people's lives. You're carrying it into your own life. So don't allow those situations and those circumstances talk you out of a great 24. You've got to understand that you've obtained the God kind of faith. If you're born again, if Jesus is Lord of your life, if God, raise your hand, is Jesus Lord of your life, right? Uh, most of us in here. Jesus is Lord of our life. We've been given the God kind of faith. You're in right standing with God. And now that grace and that peace have been multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus. And you need to know more about that. 
You need to know more about God and His Word and His promise than you know about the situation or circumstances talking to you in your life. Every single time. I told this story in the first service, and I've told it a couple other times, but I'll use it again now because I think it's pertinent. Is back in uh, 2016 or so, I went to the doctor for something, and they said they did some MRIs and some CT scans and some things, and they said, actually, it looks like you have cancer. They didn't diagnose me. They just said, it looks like you have this. Okay, well, that's a gut punch. They said, you have a mal- a malignant tumors in your shoulder. So, so naturally, right, we get hit with something, uh, some kind of report like that. Man, you got four or five minutes, ten minutes of kind of freaking out. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? What about this? What about that? What about this, right? You start thinking all these things. Fear starts trying to come in. Well, thank God that I've been raised in this church and I've said under the word of Pastor Bill and, and Pastor Sandy and the elders and other people because I knew more about God's word than I cared to know about that diagnosis or that thought of a diagnosis, And so I didn't go out and research what malignant means. I didn't go out and Google what bone cancer means and what the uh, chances of survival are and all that stuff. And listen, there's no condemnation on you if that's what you've done. I'm just saying I want to know more about God and His promise than I do anything else. And so in that situation, my wife corrected me between services because she said I've told the story a couple times and I never told the end. I I, I did not have cancer, thank God, right? But it was about a a month-long process of having to understand and listen to the Holy Spirit and let Him lead and guide me in truth and show me how to control my imagination and show me how to understand how to control fear in my life, how to speak to the the fear and how to do these things. But I had to know more about God's promise than I did that situation. And everybody in this room could raise your hand and you could talk about a situation or circumstance that you've encountered or are encountering now, but what does God's Word say about that? Do you know more about His Word than you do about that situation? Man, I hope so. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. And in his presence is that power. You guys okay? All right. Where am I at? Second Peter. Nope, I did that one. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. And here's the other great thing. In Hebrews chapter 4, let us come boldly to the throne room of grace to find help in time of need. How many of you guys have had need in your life? Man, every one of us. So what am I going to do going into 2024? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Let me, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, to the throne of power, to the throne of Jesus, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. To find grace and mercy to help in time of need. Man, what's interesting is that that pool in 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 John chapter 5, it's called Bethesda, and I looked that up, and that word means, uh, it, it means house of mercy. Man, but Jesus came on the scene, and now he became that mercy. We don't need a pool stirring. We don't need a a burning bush to talk to us. We don't need anything that was Old Covenant or Old Testament. We have the Spirit of God now leading and guiding you in all truth. We have the Spirit of God that brings freedom and joy and peace and power into your life. He is now our mercy. Man, you have the ability now, no matter what is going on in your life, to stop everything, turn off the TV, turn off the radio, close off everything in the world, and say, God, I'm coming boldly to the throne of grace to find help right now in my time of need. God, I have a need, and I need your help. God, I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your power. And you know what? He's not withholding it. He's not withholding that power. He's not withholding that grace. He's not withholding his promise. He's delivered it. In fact, he delivered the promise to us before we were even on the earth. He delivered his promise through Jesus. You've received him. You've accepted him. Then you have that spirit. You have that promise. 
Let us come boldly to the throne of grace to find help in time of need. You know, I just talked about it for a second there, but the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But the back half of that verse says, but I have come. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. Man, God, Jesus, they, we, he wants us to have the most abundant life that you could ever imagine, that you could ever imagine, you could ever dream of. The world wants you to not understand it. The world wants you to ignore it. The world wants you to stiff arm it. The enemy wants you to think that God's withholding it from you. Well, my Bible, my word says, if I'm a born-again Christian, that he's not withholding any good thing from me. It's not about if I said the right thing when I prayed. It's not about did I pray long enough. Oh, I, I prayed for an hour and I'm still not healed. I should pray for another hour. Maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. It's not about that. You've already received it. God sent Jesus to die on the cross and he rose from the dead and he reconciled us to him. It's not about what I do or don't do. God is not good to you because you are good. God is good to you because he is good. God is good because he's a good God and he does good things and he loves you, not based on your performance, but based upon your relationship with him. But you just got to get into that presence and realize who you are and realize who he is in your life. Man, 2024 can be the absolute best year of your life, regardless of what 23 was. You may say, 23 was amazing. Great, let's make 24 even better. You may say, hey, 23 kind of was kind of a bummer. Man, I had a lot going on. I had this, I had that, great. You know what, let all that go. Doesn't mean it's going to disappear. It doesn't mean that automatically every single issue of your life is just gone and you wake up tomorrow and, it's, and you don't think about it. It's not what it means. What it means is you understand the authority that you walk in, that you can speak to circumstances, you can speak to situations, and they change. In 1 Timothy, he said, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Man, we got to fight the good fight of faith. We got to lay hold on eternal life. We got to stop confessing all of our reasons and excuses on why we cannot live the abundant life that Jesus has provided to us. We got to stop confessing that and we got to confess the good confess the good confession which is man, no, God's called me, God's equipped me. Jesus is my Lord, Jesus is my savior. I'm the apple of his eye. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Man, I'm above only never beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. Everything I put my hand to prospers. No weapon formed against me ever will. Everywhere the sole of my foot treads is mine. Man, I draw near to him. He draws near to me. You understand, God's not stiff-arming you. God's not mad at you. God's not disappointed in you. God loves you, and he's called you to have a, with a heavenly calling for, for what? For relationship, for power, to help people. Don't talk yourself out of prosperity in 24. Don't talk yourself out of peace in 24. Don't talk yourself out of living the life that God has for you to live based on your current situations or circumstances. I understand that they can be really tough. I really do. We all go through really hard things. Does that change God's word? Never. Ever. God's word remains the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever in you and in your life. Doesn't matter what the situation is, what the circumstance is, you choose to stand on his word and having done all to stand, you continue to stand. Because what is your other option? Man, Pastor Bill has, has taught this and spoken about this ever since I can remember. You don't quit, you win. So your option is you can quit, which means you're going to lose. And I've, I think we're Guts Church, we don't like losing. 
or you can continue to stand. And having done all to stand, you continue to stand. It's like, well, how long do I got to stand? I don't know. But keep going. Just keep going. Do not come off of that wall. Do not fall. Do not quit on God's promise. Don't talk yourself out of that. I want to go back to John chapter 5 for a second to kind of wrap all this up. You know, before Jesus came across that man and John chapter 5 at the pool of Bethesda, the only hope that that man had was hoping somebody was kind enough to show mercy on him and carry him down to that pool. And obviously, for 38 years, it never happened. And if Jesus didn't come across that day, who knows how much longer he would have sat there. The guy had every legitimate reason and excuse. We would all look at him and have sympathy and and understand, right? Understanding of, man, how bad that is. And Jesus did too. But Jesus, what happened is when that, that, that man, the only hope he had was that someone would have mercy on him, that someone would care enough to carry him down. But when Jesus came across that man, what happened now is that man has now been in the presence of God. Jesus come, came across that man at the pool, and that man now is in the presence of God, which changes everything for your life changes everything in every area of your life. If you have struggles in your life that you feel like you're toiling and you're fighting and you cannot get to the other side of it, you need to get into the presence of God. How often? As much as possible. Every single day. You got to get into the spirit of God. Get into the presence of God because in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is, is where your peace is, your joy is, your strength is. The Bible says there's joy and there's peace in believing. How do I know if I'm in faith? Are you, is there joy? Is there peace? Or is there fear and anxiety and worry and doubt? You're not in faith. Is there joy? Is there peace? You're in faith. But what if I get out of that joy? What if that joy and peace start to fade? Keep speaking God's word. Keep getting back in the presence of God. There's joy and peace in believing. There's joy and peace in the presence of the Lord. But you got to take the effort. You got to respond to his word, right? He doesn't force himself on us. No one, unless you're a child in here, no one told you to get up and get to church today, right? No one got in your car and drove you here, unless, again, you're a kid. But the adults in here, no one made you be here. You had to respond to God's word. You have to respond to God's word tomorrow. You got to respond to God's word every single day of your life. And when you continually do that, when you look into the perfect law of liberty and you continue in it, you don't stop halfway. You don't stop before the job's done, but you continue in the perfect law of liberty, which is the word. You continue into the perfect law of God, into his spirit, into his power. You continue in it. I promise you, you'll see the promises revealed and, and fulfilled in your life. So Jesus came across that man, and, and now the presence of God changed everything for that man. His promise and his presence are available to every single one of us now and forever because of the finished work of Christ, right? We don't have to figure out how to get into the presence of God. If you're trying to figure that out, it's very simple. It's, God, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for Jesus. Boom, guess what? I'm now in the presence of God. Because anytime I open my mouth, I can start speaking God's word. I can start praying. I'm in the presence of God. Yeah, it's, it's in this place. Absolutely. It's in your car. It's in your house. It's anywhere you're at. Get into the presence of God. The man at the pool before the presence of God, man, he had, he had some major disadvantages. He was very disadvantaged in life. Man, but after Jesus, after the presence of God, Jesus took away that disadvantage. And that's what he wants to do in your life. That's what he wants to do for you going into 24 is take away any of those disadvantages 
and give you the advantage that you've already been given, which is His power, His grace, His mercy, His ability, His favor. You've already been given those things. And now He wants you to take that into 2024 and forget the past, forget 23, forget what was either great or good or bad or, or, or terrible. Let all that go. Cast all that care upon Him because He cares for you. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He carries those things for us. And now we're going to step into 24 with renewed strength, renewed vision, renewed mission, renewed mind, renewed power, renewed favor, because Jesus is the Lord of our lives. He takes away that disadvantage. I promise you, you may feel disadvantaged, but you're not. You're advantaged if you have Jesus as Lord of your life. You're not disadvantaged. Yeah, but my marriage is this. My job is that. My debt is this. Like all the things that we can say, right? It usually comes down to finances, relationships, and health. There's not a whole lot else out there that people have problems with. It usually goes into one of those. So whatever it is in those areas, yeah, but my finances, man, I, I, I'm in so much debt. Great. There's a way out. It's Jesus. There's a lot of other things you'll need to do, but there's a way out. It's getting into the presence of God first, Right? Oh, but my marriage is such a mess, it's barely hanging on. Great. There's a way out of that too, getting into the presence of God. Oh, but my health is this. Great. There's a way out of that too. It's called every single day you get up, you get a fresh start with God where his mercies are new every morning and he wants to do something amazing in your life and too often we stiff arm it and we block it and we talk ourselves out of it because we don't feel good enough, we don't feel worthy enough, we don't feel this, we don't feel that and I'm telling you, no one cares how we feel. And I, I know that sounds harsh. I'm sure there's some people that care. <laughs> but man, God cares. God cares that you are a son and a child and a daughter of his. That he says, I gave Jesus for you. How dare we stiff arm that? How dare we, we uh, not live the life that he has for us? Man, he gave Jesus to, for the, the ultimate, the greatest sacrifice in our life. He bankrupted heaven before we were even on this earth because he knew he wanted a relationship with you. So he said, before you're even born, before you were even a thought, I'm going to send Jesus to the earth so that you can be reconciled to me, so that you can have the greatest life imaginable, so that you can walk in favor and power and dominion and authority. And then we get in this life, we get in this world, and we're hit with all sorts of things, and we feel like God might sometimes be stiff-arming us. He's not. He's not withholding any good thing from you. He is not withholding it. Man, he loves you, he's called you, he's equipped you. He takes away that disadvantage and he gives you the advantage of his power, his favor, his presence. Receive it, get into it. Forget all the stuff, forget how bad different things were. And let's move forward into 2024 with the greatest life, the greatest year. And then 25 will be great and 26 will be great. And again, that doesn't mean things aren't going to happen. Things are going to come up. Challenges are going to come. Circumstances are going to come up. What do we do with them? We keep walking right through them. We keep speaking God's word right through them. I want to encourage you, if you're in here today, and you, in something I've said, you might be saying, man, either I don't know Jesus, but I want this power. I want this authority. I want this, this life that you're talking about. You need Jesus. Or you're in here today, and you're just like, look, I want whatever. I want all that. I want to go into 24 knowing that I'm going to have the best year of my life and I need some help with that, can you raise your hand? You either need to make Jesus Lord of your life, or you just need help to get on the right stinking track to make 2024 the greatest year of your life. Can you raise your hand for me? I'm just going to pray with you. We're not going to embarrass you, I promise. Thank you. We just want to pray with you and help you. You're, this is why we're here. This is why we do this, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, so that we can help people.
so that we can show people who Jesus is, so we can show people the power of the living God. Because he's here for you and he loves you and he cares for you. Anybody else, just say, yeah, pray, pray for me, please. I need Jesus. I need life. I need love. I need joy. I need, I need favor. I need power. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Such a good God. Who no matter what your past has been, he doesn't care. He takes the past and throws it as far as the east is from the west. He wipes away anything that would prevent you from anything that would prevent you from getting to him. Any of those wedges that tries to wedge in between you and the presence and the spirit of God, man, he wipes it out. But you got to respond first. You got to respond and say, "Yeah, I need some help." Anybody else? Thank you. There's been a lot of you raise your hands. And I want to just let you go. But I also want, I want to make sure that this is seated on the inside of you, okay? If you raise your hand, will you please come down to the altar? If you raise your hand, please come down here now. We're going to pray with you. I know I told you I wouldn't embarrass you, and we're not, well, that's not what we're doing. Just come right up here. Because how cool is it that on New Year's Eve, 2023, going into to 2024, you guys can look back at this day for the rest of your life and say, I remember exactly where I was. I was at Gutch Church on New Year's Eve 2023, and I got my life right with God. I was at New Year's Eve service in 2023, and my life was changed, and it'll never be the same. Because you responded to God. You responded to God's Word. Whether you've done this 10 times, 100 times, whether this is your first time. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he loves you, and he's called you, and he's equipped you, and he said, look, you are why I'm here. You are why I'm here. You're why I gave Jesus to die on the cross. That's what God's saying. You're why I gave Jesus to die on the cross is so that you could be reconciled to me, so that you can live a life full of power, full of favor, full of dominion, full of all the great things God is about. And just you responding to this is what starts it. So thank you for that. Anybody else want to hurry up? Pulling a page out of Pastor Bill's book? All right. I'm just going to pray. And we're going to all pray as a church, but you guys up here especially pray. Man, make your neighbor hear you. Because this means something. It's important, right? It meant enough for you to get up this morning, come to church. It meant enough for you to listen to me ramble and rant. And then it meant enough for you to raise your hand and then it meant enough for you to say, oh, shoot, i got to walk down there. But it meant enough for you to do it. And here you are, right? So let's all pray together. God, I love you. I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. God, I thank you that my past is gone, that I'm a new creation in Christ, that old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new, that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I'm a new creation in Him. And that my 2024 and the rest of my life is going to be incredible because of Jesus on the inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutschurch.com.